The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Uh, it is now Wednesday, kids, so get used to it. Gary, how are you? I'm doing really good because this sounds delicious. Oh, a new uh, recipe. Uh, new, uh, new, yes, we uh, we talked a little bit about recipes uh, yesterday, some of the things that I'm making for, uh, you know, the uh, the Christmas season. Yeah. Uh, but this actually sounds delicious coming from uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre yesterday at the White House. Oh. In a bicarmel, in a bipartisan uh, way. It was done in a bipartisan, bicarmel way. Bicarmel, bipartisan support. Wow. Well, that's I like caramel, but to have to make it by, that means there's two types of uh, caramel. And well, you know what was that? Oh, oh, she was trying to say the bicameral legislature. Oh, dang it! Oh, oh, I thought she was ah. doing recipes. That sounded delicious. Oh my god, that's very Nobel of her <laughs> to promote <laughs> both sides. <laughs> Oh, uh, God. Ah, oh, man. That was that uh, that yesterday <laughs> and and then the 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 story about the New York Times listing John Fetterman among the most stylish yeah. Yeah. of 2022. Yeah. Seriously. No, no. Seriously. Yeah. Everybody is doing edibles now. Aren't no, they, they? are. They Everybody's are. doing yeah. edibles 24/7. No, they are. They are. You know, um, I saw something along the way of, uh, you know, uh, it was something about SBF. And it was before all this fallout with FTX. And by the way, we'll be using lots of letters in the program this morning. (laughs) (laughs) CPI. Well, there's a lot of letters in the the show coming up. We'll both be doing it because this is by Carmel. This is by Carmel. Yes. And and, uh, it might get us a Nobel Prize. But here's the thing is... Is is that they there's someone in the media? You know, he wears. It was about uh, SBF. Uh, it, he wears board shorts in the boardroom, and I thought, you mean he's a slob? <laughs> His hair has its own style. You mean he's a slob? <laughs> it's indicative of a brilliant mind. 
And I saw one comparison, and I thought, you know, and it was, you know, Einstein. I thought, you know, when people call other people Einstein, it's not always a compliment. It's how you say it. Okay there, Einstein. But Einstein had this, you know, other theory, not the one everybody talks about, and he's famous for, but one that, okay, I shouldn't have to spend a lot of time getting dressed, but I should get dressed and look decent. And he had basically the same, a set of the same clothes in his closet, so he didn't have to think much about it. He could think about other things, spend time on other things. Okay, yeah, he needed a hairbrush. But beyond that... Yeah, but come on. I mean, he's, he had an excuse because when you come up and figure out that energy equals mass... Yeah. Uh, times the speed of light squared. Right. I mean, you don't really have time to do much else. Well, in, instead of saying that cryptocurrency equals money. <laughs> <laughs> That's genius. See? See? I, I didn't realize yeah. that. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's different. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a, it's All right. a, yeah. All right. So now we're both in agreement. We have bicarmel agreement here. I, I think we have, uh, we're both in agreement. We have bicarmel uh, now, if she would have said caramel, it would have even yeah. been better. Oh, that would have been so good. Man, I'm I'm so hungry. And so, yeah, well, so that happened. Listen, kids, that's your day. No wonder everybody is quiet quitting. I'm, I'm slowly giving up. I mean, we're doomed. I might as well have two types of caramel. <laughs> Seriously. Why, why, you know, why try now? Nobody else is. I mean, you can put a hoodie on and get a style award from one of the most famous newspapers in the world. A hoodie. Now, if Trump had worn a hoodie, here's the headline. Because it's hard for him, even as a billionaire and having access to custom tailors, it's hard for him to find things that fit. So he takes the lazy way out and puts on an extra large hoodie. There's your story from the New York Times. If Trump was wearing a hoodie. Well, no, they'd say he's wearing a hoodie because he's a hood. Yeah. (laughs) A dude had COVID. And was dressed to the T just to walk out to the helicopter to go to the hospital. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, when I when I saw the New York Times story, I went, "Wow, they really are delusional, or everybody is doing drugs." No, I mean, they're it's really serious. they really, they have to be because there is. You think about where the Democratic part, where the media is now. There is no concept of reality. No, there is to the to the point where you really have to wonder. What in the hell is going on? No, seriously. On yeah. everything across the border, you know, from yeah. the the liberal transgender activist movement, mm-hmm. you know, to their, you know, their racist philosophy. Mm-hmm. Think about this. The Democratic Party over the last 20 years in this country has institutionalized racism. Mm-hmm. After everything that we went through, they judge people by groups and not individuals. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in fact, where did I see it? That uh, I, oh, I got to find it now. It just popped into my head that uh, I, individuality is actually uh, a concept of white supremacy. Mm. That if you judge people as individual, so the yeah, these in, right. these incredibly 
reprehensible racists Mm -hmm. are trying to now turn it all posterior backwards and say, if you believe in the autonomy of an individual and their mind and their soul and and the content of their character Mm -hmm. as individuals, if you judge them by that, you're a white supremacist. That is... That is mainstream of liberalism well, today, when you think about it. The next step is they are going to say, they are going to say Martin Luther King was brainwashed by white people to say that you should judge individuals by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. That's the, that's the next logical step. We've been asking yeah. for years how long before they abandon the principles of MLK. Yeah, for years we've asked that, every, and, every and, January. And every, now, yeah. the, it is because, you know, when conservatives, uh, you know, they would do interviews and, and, they'd, and they would say something like, well, um, I don't see skin color, which is to say, by the way, it's not that you, of course, you see skin color. It's not to say that you don't see skin color. Uh, literally, it is, I don't judge by skin color. And everybody knows that. And liberals all of a sudden turned that around like they had never heard that before. What? What do you mean you don't see skin color? You know exactly what I mean, jackass. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter to me. No, it's... We I don't, don't I judge don't, I don't, I don't, by skin color. Yeah, and it's I don't what care. everybody has been saying for 60 years. Quit smoking so much dope and you know what I'm saying. And it's always these white liberal elites, you know, and they're like, they'd never, well, I never, you know, Trump would say some things and it's like, oh, look, look, we got the back when the, you know, the, the Billy Bush tapes or, or anything mm-hmm. that, you know, a conservative says, well, I, I have never, that is shocking. You invented it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've never heard that before. What does that even mean you don't see skin color? It means you're too stupid to host this talk show and you need to go away. <laughs> Quit your job. You're a moron. Uh, I know. I mean, it's just you um you know, you just you you just shake your head. I mean, there there's a point when you just you take it all in and you yeah. just say these aren't you know, Forget about critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're to the point of where delusion of the mind of the left. Now, I'm not saying mental illness. Mm-hmm. I'm saying delusion. Mm-hmm. How? Brainwashing, intimidation. Yeah. Uh, I tend to think more that when you get aboard something, you just feel like you have to continue with it. Because, for example, with the liberal transgender activist movement, 99.99% of the public knows it's a load of horse manure. Yeah, they right. know that a biological male cannot be a biological female right. because they say so. Right. So there's either part of the intimidation. They get aboard and they're in their tribe mm-hmm. and they have to agree with mm-hmm. whatever their tribe comes up with. Yep. Because they know it's not. They know it's not the truth. They right. know it's not. Right. I mean, we, we've been, we've been talking about this for twenty years, and I don't believe have ever gotten one response from anyone stating that we're wrong, ever. Right. Ever. And we we were way ahead mm. uh, of talk. We were talking about this years ago. 
We were talking about, oh, did you see Gloria Gloria Steinem yesterday? Mm -hmm. The story that came out with Gloria, because we had said that the liberal transgender activist movement will kill uh, liberal feminism in this country. And it has. But she was out yesterday saying that, if women don't have, if women don't have the uh, a, a a a choice, if women don't, you know, ab- abortion. Mm, right. If if women don't have a choice, it's the end of democracy. And I'm like, shut up! You're the one that you're the one that just abandoned feminism completely by saying that men can dictate the definition of a woman. Right? Shut up! Right? You no, you've got no place here anymore. You gave that up. Yeah. It's like I'm like, dude, decades of decades of your work. Boom. Gone. Yeah. Next. It's just like, now you're speaking for women on abortion? Right. You said, you 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 now have the message that men, because she's full of support of the liberal transgender activist movement, mm-hmm. where men can compete against women. And the whole concept is that men, if they say they're women, are biological women. Therefore, they can compete against them. She agrees with that, which means she believes that men get to define what a woman is. Right. And she's and, saying that uh, uh, women should have choice, abortion, but they don't have a choice in sports, do they? No. Because men control that. That's right. It's <laughs> just amazing. We got a great show ahead today. Uh, the uh, inflation numbers uh, have come out. We'll get to that. Uh, Jack Dorsey, the ex-Twitter CEO, says no ill intent or hidden agenda. Mm, no. He's actually technically correct. Yeah, right. There was no ill intent. They didn't view it as any ill intent to say we need to silence conservatives. Right. And yeah. there was no hidden agenda because, as we know from the Twitter files, nothing was hidden. Nothing they was wrote, hidden. We all wrote, got it a long time ago. Right. They they wrote the emails on it. Right. Because he, he said it here now after the, the, the emails and the Twitter files have been released to show they had it wasn't that they just talked person to person. They wrote company emails on it right (laughs) so of course there was no hidden agenda right because it was going to be discovered sooner or later yes it wasn't hidden it was well known within the company so we'll get to uh uh, that some republicans call for uh department of homeland security secretary mayorkas to be impeached you know we look at that and say okay you're just spinning your wheels because mayorkas (laughs) is only doing what the president is telling him to do Mm mm-hmm yeah Mayorkas says the border is secure because that's uh-huh. what the president has been uh-huh. stating. Right, yeah. So we'll get to that. Uh, by the way, Gavin Newsom says Democrats have to take some responsibility for the border. What's going on? Right. Uh, AOC's climate change documentary is a bust. 66% of likely voters now support the investigation of social media sites. This is why Democrats can't win this. Yeah. Every time they sit there and pretend it's not happening, uh, the that, that's two-thirds of the public now. Yeah, two thirds of the public right. looking at this and going, "What? What are you? What are you doing? Why are you hiding this?" Right. That's the yeah. problem. The public knows about this, and they look and go, "You're hiding this. You're part. You're part of enabling uh, all of this." So mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Uh, Fusion Energy. That was interesting. That the media actually got that wrong. It Financial wasn't... Times had the numbers wrong, yeah. and it was way under what they actually did get on the yield on on the net of energy. Uh, that was gained, so uh, which was very impressive. The question is, you know, I mean, they were very clear that all right, it's going to be years. But my question is, all right, but can you keep doing that? Can you keep repeating this process? Is this a, a, a true breakthrough? And 
what will progress be like in terms of getting a greater yield going forward. But that's a that's a huge yield, 53% on the net. That's big. It's huge. Yeah. We went through the numbers. 20% was big. 20% was huge. And that was what yeah. was reported by a uh, net gain uh, reported by Financial Times, which, yeah. you know, it's fine. I, they, I don't know. They got bad information, whatever it is. I don't know. Or, or maybe there was a, an update um, between the Financial Times story and and the release uh, of information today. I don't know. And, and as I told you when I, when I was watching, and we'll get the audio from the the, sci- the one scientist who was talking about it, uh, you know, because m- to get into the minutiae of what happened, it, you know, how they do this is is really when you get into nuclear physics is tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he sort of explains it in a very simple way and then says, if this excites you because of the energy source that it could be, well, then come work for us. We have job openings. And I looked at you and I just said, what in the hell is going on here? You've got one of what would probably be viewed as one of the greatest moments in scientific history yes. and research. Yes. And they're saying they can't find people to work for them. Right. There's a ton of money going into this. A ton of money going in. And by the way, that that investment into this is going to accelerate on a huge scale. Yeah, it is. Bezos yeah, it is. is one yeah. investor, but inv- individuals like that for a reason. I yeah. mean, you're not if if they now the thing is, and I'll have to, you know, both of us, you know, how far does this because they they basically they crack the code. Right. And cracking the code is one thing. That's that's mm-hmm. a small part of right. getting it to the end user. Basically, the mar- the turning it into. Right. Yeah. Turning it into energy that is usable and and, um, and economical and economical, right. yeah, efficient. It has to be an efficient delivery infrastructure all the way across. And what does that entail? What's that going to require? Lots of questions, but it's a big deal. Eight six six ninety red eye. You may not be able to predict blizzards and ice storms, but you can prepare your truck to handle them. Make sure your truck is prepared for any last minute winter storms by keeping tabs on your tires before each trip. Proper tire traction is essential year-round, but especially during winter when the roads are slick and roadway behavior is unpredictable. Protect your tire investment with routine checks and pre-trip inspections all winter long. Check pressure levels, tread depth, and inspect for any visible damage or debris stuck in wheel components. Look for steam or melted snow coming off wheel hubs, as this could indicate your wheel bearings are overheating. If necessary, give your tires a warm wash before inspecting them as snow can cover potential warning signs of damage. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, so there it is. Uh, consumer prices rose uh, uh, 7.1% from a year ago. Yeah. Uh, the consumer price index rose uh, 0.1% from the previous month, increased 7.1% from a year. Uh, core CPI rose 0.2% of the month and 6% on an annual basis. Uh, inflation-adjusted hourly hourly wages for workers rose 0.5% for the month, though they were still down 1.9% from a year ago. The the problem is when you look at this, food was still at what, 0.5%? Right. 
Yeah, and you know, you look at uh, the 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 fuel oil cost jumping, and and you know, the consumer doesn't necessarily break it down. I think we do with energy uh, versus food and other items, but um, when you talk about your your overall bill, your overall expenditures, you know, obviously those are all lumped in the the same. Uh, expenditures from the same checking account uh, every every month or credit card account uh, for some people. And it is huge. It was uh, these weren't great numbers. We'll get to the specifics coming up. Smart speakers say, play Red Eye Radio. And if you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Uh, so I'm just uh, looking here. New Yorkers grapple uh, with 24% increase mm-hmm. in breakfast ingredients as we look at just the inflation numbers. Uh, that uh, came out yesterday. Falling energy prices help keep inflation at bay. The energy index declined 1.6% for the month due in part to the 2% decrease in gasoline. Uh, but you were telling me you had the fuel oil numbers? or uh, Yeah, let me go back to that. Uh, well, I, I had it in front of me uh, a little while ago. I'll get it again. But it was uh, it was somewhere in the area of 36%. Uh, from 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 year to year, and electricity, I believe, is also uh, uh, still up. Uh, even with the monthly decline, the energy index was thirteen point one percent higher than November of twenty twenty one. Shelter costs, uh, which make up one third. I'm of, sorry, fuel oil sixty five point seven percent. So sixty five point seven percent energy in total thirteen point one percent increase. Shelter costs. Uh, rose 0.6 percent on the month, and now uh, is up uh, 7.1 percent on an annual uh, uh, basis. So you had, you know, the president was out yesterday saying wages are going up faster than inflation, and for that month, yeah, but for the year, no, not even close. Yeah, and what you what is not mentioned here is when you look at inflation and you look at the number of products out there you have to look at what affects the consumer each and every month and this is the danger of the president coming out i'm, I'm reading here what was it uh, the uh, the uh, the new york post saying biden stopped gaslighting on uh, yeah. on, on a quit gaslighting americans on uh, on uh, 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 on inflation mm. here's here's a headline quit gaslighting americans joe inflation is still uh, uh, terrible. And I was reading one, uh, some banking executive saying Americans are finally getting relief. No, they're not. No, it's still going up. Yep. And when you see here, it is, uh, the, uh, food prices up 10.6%, but that's food prices across the board and groceries are actually up more mm. going out to eat has not yet, has not yet, uh, uh, gone up as high as groceries. What did you tell me? You had groceries out there. It was like 16% or something? Uh, groceries, 
13? Uh, 12%. Okay. And it was airline tickets that was 36%. Okay. So, yeah. So the, the price of food, 10.6%. Groceries, twelve over 12%. Mm. Electricity, up 13.7%. Mm-hmm. Fuel oil, 65.7% over year to year. New vehicles, 7.2%. Transportation, 14.2%. Yeah. And as he goes, inflation is only better because it's compared to the terrible 9.1% that the CPI rose uh, in, uh, in, in, uh, in June. And he says he continues to flat out lie about the overall economy. He's created 10.5 million jobs. He boasts when those jobs are really pre-pandemic jobs that have been uh, recover. Mm-hmm. Wages have gone up more than prices have gone up. No, they failed to keep up with inflation since March of 21 soon after he passed his plan. But he's making the point that overall inflation for the month that wasn't as great as the job increase or the, excuse me, the price, the uh, wage increase for the month. Right. Um, he's lowering the deficit by 1.7 trillion. Actually, actually he's increased it with his trillions in new spending. He was just taking credit for the end of most COVID emergency outlays. Mm. In fact, last month, $249 billion in red ink set an all-time record. Nor do November's slightly slower price hikes guarantee inflation will continue to ease. Biden recalls spent most of last year claiming the temporary increase would ease long before now and even pretend that it had fully disappeared this summer. Uh, you remember when he claimed the economy had 0% inflation in right. the month of July? Yeah. Which, of course, was, again, gaslighting there because... It's not the truth. So the, the thing is, though, is we said yesterday, the danger with any politician, you know, if 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 people view you as being responsible for the economy and you're telling them things are great, and they're like, what are you talking about? Things aren't great right now no. for the American for the American public. The prices are still going up way over what they normally have in the history of this country when, you know, you look at. And what the Fed looks at, uh, I, I did see the other day, uh, there's been a couple of articles. Well, we need to stop thinking that inflation should only go up 2%. <laughs> Move the goalposts. Right, exactly. <laughs> and and so uh, when you look at, when you look at uh, energy, natu- when you look at fuel oil, natural gas, electricity, shelter, and groceries, through the roof. And if you take those, no, wages have not kept up with those. But if you take all the products that are included in it, well, yeah, for that one month, wages were slightly over what inflation was. Right. And so that's what you have to look at. What do people actually buy? And I don't believe there's a flaw in our theory at all that most people buy electricity, natural gas, fuel oil, groceries, uh, cars, Transportation, you know, they need transportation to to uh, to go different places and groceries, right? Yeah, I mean, you and, know, and rent too. Rent also, right? You know, rent is also uh, uh, up. So, uh, yeah, am, am I glad it's going in a particular direction? Yes. Is the economy doing great? No, because one of the reasons is, as you and I talked about yesterday, if you've got. If if you look at it, the housing's already in a recession. There's negative growth in yeah. in uh, in 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 housing, mm-hmm. and um, you look at uh, you look at um, 
the um, oh exports, mm. which were down last month. Mm-hmm. Exports was a reason that we didn't continue with the earlier recession for the third quarter because exports, you know, had gone up. Now exports are down uh, last month. So exports are down. Uh, you know, uh, housing is down. So you look at it and you say, okay, the the amount of money that you know, we talk about as the uh, who was it uh, Jamie Dimon talking about the fact that the uh, the surplus money that people got from the stimulus through COVID will be gone in a few months, and then that's the problem that we have. I also saw there was a story out there that what might be increasing expendable income is there's so many young people now. I think it's half of young people between 18 and 29 are living with their parents. Right. And so their expenses are less, so that might be some of the expendable income. I, I, you know, it's, it's when I saw that story this morning, I said, Mom, did you see this? <laughs> I stole that from Brian Regan. Um, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's um, he did a similar joke. It's a situation where, and and I really wonder what the the mindset is for the younger generations, for you know those demographics. Because keep in mind, I mean, pretty much everybody, and this has been the case for a long, long time. Um, everybody in that group is not at. If you look at the you know eighteen to thirty five group, they are not at the peak of their uh, their earnings potential. Typically, um, and unless you uh, start a, uh, you know, a, a uh, some kind of, I don't know, let's just go out on a limb here and make something up out of thin air, um, cryptocurrency company, and then <laughs> allegedly take the money from your clients and donate it to Democrats or do something like that eventually. And But you can make billions that way. You can also lose billions, but the point is, is that most people in that age group are not are not at the potential of their the, the the greatest potential of their earnings just yet, and so the the stress is is a bit different. And I know it does vary from person to person, but in that group overall, that kind of stress is a bit different. In other words, when you are earning more, you're looking at it going, okay, more of my money is is going out the window. More of my money is well going toward in, in inflation and everything else. Um. You go back to the recession of 2009 and that kind of carried through and the effects of that recession that carried on for a while. And I wonder how many in that age group. So you're talking, what, 13 years ago. So if you're 35 now, you were 22 during the recession of 2009. And do you look at it as, well, you know, the economy's always been up and down and we've had way ups and way downs. Is there, what is the level right now of, I know it's different for those who have families, but I do wonder in that demogra- in that age demographic, how much of a stressor this is? Because what you and I can't put together, and, and it's hard to, um, make this gel, and that is the fact that we still have that whole idea of quiet quitting. And people saying, well, no, I'm not going back to the office. I don't care what you say. I'll get another job before I go back to an office to work. 
And I think to myself, I guess it's not that big of a stressor. I, I don't know. Clearly, there is no pressure. They're not feeling the pressure. And is it because half of them are living at home? They're living with mom and dad. Got the safety net going. What do I care? If I go into debt, what do I care? If I'm a little behind on my bills, what do I care? If something happens and they finally evict me, I'm going to mom and dad's. Or I'm already at mom and dad's. My, my buddy Jerry sent me that the, the the story. He goes, did you see this about the 18 to 29? He goes, you know, what in the world's going on here mm-hmm. that half of them are living at, at home? And I said, well, didn't you forget? Remember, young people have a lot less interest in sex now, so there's no reason to get an apartment. No reason to have your own place. He's, he's like, oh, come on. It's like, no reason to have your own place. Right. I mean, it's, you know, I... <laughs> they're, they're quiet. Think about this. It's so bad, young people are quiet quitting sex. Yeah. Unless I, they become extremely moral. No, they're <laughs> quiet quitting sex. <laughs> um, it's too much. Come on, yeah. I got my... No. I'm really buzzed. No. I got... You know, I got the, the edible has hit. I'm now sitting back. Whatever. Yeah. Eh, who cares about sex? Cares? It's too nobody. much. It's too much work. Yeah, nobody cares about that. Uh, you know, and, and <laughs> nobody cares. You know, and that, that's the whole thing is that. <laughs> why? Ooh. Ew. <laughs> Someone's going to touch me? <laughs> Ew. The other person moves in for a kiss. What are you doing? <laughs> don't. You don't have your mask on. <laughs> Forget hashtag me too. We're beyond that. Now it's hashtag why are you in my room? <laughs> what? Did you follow me home from the bar? <laughs> um, you know, and, and I just wonder, I really do wonder. And, and that's a different kind of. You and I, uh, and we talk about this, we grew up on on different borders, you on the northern border Mm -hmm. and me on the broken border. And the whole thing is, (laughs) true story, Yes. Um, the whole thing is that you looked at that and when we were growing up, it was like, okay, I want that independence. I want to get my own car, get my own place. I want to be able to, I remember the first time I mowed a lawn uh, on Laughlin Air Force Base. And I I wanted to go buy my own dinner. It was a Friday night. My brother was playing baseball, and right next to the BS uh, BX uh, BS Exchange, <laughs> that was a different place on base. <laughs> the BX, the Base Exchange, there was a place that sold you know a little snack bar, and I could go get my own fries and chicken. And I remember that independent. I was going to go in. I was going to hand the guy the money. It was my money. I earned it. And I don't know how much that exists in today's you know, younger generation, if they care about that, as long as mom and dad are going to be there for them. I, I don't know. 86690-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. I think one important thing, and we'll talk more about uh, the inflation and and uh, the uh, 
uh, the quiet quitting, too, coming up following the top of, of uh, the hour. But I think one thing that Republicans need to um, remind the American public as the rate of inflation slows is that the inflation was caused by Democrats. The out-of-control inflation was mm-hmm. caused by their spending. Yep. And so in order to reduce it, the punishment you feel with the raising of interest rates is also a result of Democrat policies and the recession, which is predicted to come next year, is also a result of the Democrats' policy of spending and debt creation. That this isn't the Biden administration solving a problem that happened because of something out of control. Again, just like the border, inflation was manufactured by the Democrats and by the spending and the debt in this country. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. And you can listen when you uh, uh, choose. Uh, you know, we're talking about uh, in- inflation here. I just want to read this, just a paragraph here from the the Wall Street Journal. There are signs of late that the U.S. economy is slowing and the recession risks are inevitable as a price of correcting an historic inflation blunder. Understand that inflation just didn't happen. It was caused. Yeah. Uh, it was caused because of the people that we vote for and put in office. That's why we have inflation. It wasn't because of a natural disaster. It wasn't because of a war. It was because of the people that we elected uh, to do our bidding. And you voted for people that put in policies that would increase inflation. And it was predicted it would increase inflation. Mm -hmm. So as we stated before, understand that when Biden is saying we're solving the problem of inflation, understand they created the problem. And now, as they are solving the one problem, you get to another problem to eventually get out of inflation, which is the slowing of economic growth. Right. But as they write, uh, Europe may already be in a downturn. The Fed's temptation will be to think that slower growth can do the heavy anti-inflation lifting. But the challenge for the Fed isn't getting inflation down merely to 4 or 5% as a new baseline for the next interest rate cutting cycle. Then inflation will go back up again. We're going back to where we were in the 70s, where inflation stuck around for a decade. Right. The better policy is to break inflation now and return soon to the Fed's target of 2%. That's a stronger foundation for growth and a rising standard of living for workers whose budgets have been savaged by inflation. So just interesting to when you look at this here, you know, will the Fed, will we just repeat? And and by the way, inflation, when we, this, we did this a, a year ago, over a year ago, 
and said, this is what happens. And it happens every time. Yep. And you can look at history. Mm. There is some kind of emergency. Uh, the government way overspends. There's too much money, or excuse me, way overspends. There's too much money uh, that is chasing too few goods. And in this case, also, the Fed has artificially uh, kept, has manipulated the currency by putting uh, dollars into the system so we can buy our own debt because they can't find enough people to buy the debt at the interest rate that they're offering. Right. So all of that was always going to lead to inflation. And so it's all created by us, by the people that we elect and put into office. Should have never spent the money that we spent. We should have never locked down the way that we locked down. Everything, you look at it, it's mistake after mistake after mistake. Maybe not a mistake. Maybe it was intended to do all these things. Mm -hmm. So when Biden's out there and the Democrats are out there saying, see, we're curing inflation. Well, yeah, yeah you're curing inflation uh -huh. by having to slow down the economy. Right. In order to eventually get out of this. And do you have what it takes to actually, are, are you going to do what it's going to take to get out of the inflationary period? Or are we going to do exactly what we did in the 70s? So uh, to sit there and claim victory as they did, it seemed like they were doing yesterday, was almost, to me, a inflation mission accomplished debacle right. that, yeah. you know, you we you know, that the Democrats used against the Republicans mm. for the initial part of the uh uh the Iraq war. Right. Yeah, um, you know uh, it's I guess to be expected because what else are you gonna do? Well, yeah, but the problem with that is you're saying things are in a are going in a particular way, and the majority of people, well, nobody is actually feeling what they're claiming. I know, but you know, we all know, for instance, the border is secure. You know, I mean, it's there's there's no other direction for them to go except for to basically yeah. just close the White House. I mean, that's the only thing you could do that would be technically intellectually honest because you wouldn't be responding or saying anything about anything. But the border is secure. The economy is great. Everything's fine. And, you know, there's because there's no way around it. Once you say... Look, we know inflation has been tough on Americans. Yeah, but you guys caused it. Yeah, but we didn't. It's it's almost like the um, Hunter Biden thing uh, and, and the fact that the president has lied about, you know, from the beginning about knowing about his son's business dealings. Because once you say, well, I did, I was aware of his business dealings, but I wasn't involved. Well, then there's a, a, a thousand more questions behind it. You know, you go out and you just, you 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 set off the fireworks, and look, congratulations, everybody, everything's fine. And then you go back inside. It's it's ludicrous. Yeah, it is. It is. 
so yeah, there's still a, there's still a long way before America, uh, you know, can look at and can look at the economy and say, okay, we think that things are getting better. Mm. I was reading this here. This was um, uh, this was from CNBC. Cooling inflation will boost the markets and take pressure off the Fed for raising rates, but most importantly, this spells real relief starting for Americans whose finances have been punished by higher prices. Nobody's getting relief yet. No. There's no relief. No. Prices are still going up way over. Prices are still going up over three times what the benchmark should be for inflation. Yeah. Yeah. And so prices are still going up, and the things that you need are going up a lot more. Right. The things that you must buy. Natural gas, fuel oil, electricity, transportation, automobiles, rent, um, groceries. Mm-hmm. All those are the things you really need. Shelter. And right. they're all going up faster than any pay increase. Yeah, and so uh, again, lots of lots of uh, I guess lots of months, maybe years to go, before Americans will finally start seeing some relief in uh, in all of this. You know, we, you and I both saw the story, and because it would, had to do a little bit with you know economic growth, and it was the thing that almost fifty percent now of young people eighteen to twenty nine are living with their parents, mm-hmm. and because of that, they have disposable income because they don't you know they don't. They don't have uh, rent and things like that to pay, which most likely is going to cost more than living at their parents' house. Right. And so there's more disposable income, which could be helping the economy a little bit. Right. Or keeping the economy from getting dragged down uh, as much as it uh, could. And, you know, you and I were talking about this and the whole quiet quitting. And I saw Mike Rowe talking about it the other day. And Mm. and, uh, he was doing a podcast with, uh, I don't even know who he was doing it with, but... uh, it, saying the exact same thing that we have said for for years and the whole quiet quitting thing, I never quiet quit in my entire life. No. Why? Because I knew it was beneficial to me long term not to. Right. That if I got to learn everything about a particular thing, if I went above and beyond, if I was challenged each, each and every day, it would make me stronger uh, and more productive in what I would want to do in the future, and it would be beneficial that I looked at it at any job that I had as an education that they were paying me for. And when I looked at what college did for me, which uh, I believe even in my time, college was overrated for what I was going to do with with my life. And I believe college right now is way overrated Mm. in the ability because, you know, you've got these young young people stating but i can't get the job that i wanted Hmm. they promised me one thing yeah but you know that gender studies probably wasn't going to be something that could get you you know that job or that art history major is not really going to get you that job that you think and you know before you took out that loan maybe you should have thought uh about that but you and i talk about that because it's really the same for both of us I wanted to work, and I didn't care what I had to work at. I didn't care. I had no marketable skills. 
So, uh, you know, my first boss said, clean the toilet and I'll inspect it and then show you how to clean the toilet better the next day. Mm. You know, he didn't think I had the training to even clean a toilet right. Yeah, right. And so that's where I started. And I remember getting that first $13 check. Now, I was still in high school, but it didn't matter. I got that check, and I'm telling you, um, that $13 check, Hmm. and I was the happiest person on the planet because I knew that was the beginning of me having more freedom in my life that I could decide you know, it was the beginning of me not having to go to my parents for something that right. I could do right. it on my own. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I wanted freedom. And I look at everything in my life, and it's like when people, you know, those polls come out that say, oh, who are the happiest people? Well, I don't care. Because right. happiness, you know, what's, what's happy? You're talking about long-term happiness, immediate, uh, immediate gratification, you know, what's the term for happiness? What I want is freedom. I want freedom and I want the opportunity that comes with freedom. That's what I want. And I know that there are going to be times because I have freedom that things aren't going to go my way and I'm not going to get my, uh, you know, instant gratification. Mm-hmm. But I know long term, and it's been my life, that I will be a lot more content and happy and proud of the things that I did because I was productive and I accomplished things. Right. And but but I didn't, you know, that wasn't the major thought when I was 18. The major thought when I was 18 was, you know, you work this week and you get a paycheck and you can do this and you can have, you know, you can have more freedom. You don't have to be uh, you know, well, this was part of the mistake. I always thought, well, uh I won't have to do, you know, what my you know, what my parents, you know, want me to do all the time. Mm-hmm. I found out part of that is really false because you always end up doing, if you're a good child, what your parents want you to do. <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, you end up uh, realizing that you have mutual interests. Yes, exactly. But, <laughs> which are their interests. Yeah, uh, no, exactly. no, no, no. I, no, but, uh, but that was when, you know, e- even when, I will tell you this, when I was working, when I was in college, my father got laid off. And I'll never forget because I was I was working two jobs and going to college, and my parents were so proud of me. That meant the world to me, because it was a it was a benchmark in my life where my parents viewed me as moving closer to an adult. Yeah, and right. that yeah. meant the world to me. Yeah, it really did. So I was always you know one of those that would say, "Well, I really don't care whether I get my parents' approval or not." Mm. And my parents didn't initially approve me going into radio. My father, and now my father always jokes and say, aren't you glad I directed you towards that radio business? And <laughs> it was completely false. But <laughs> but he was, he you know, he was doing what, you know, he was in engineering and said, that's where you can have a solid job and a solid career. But once he saw that I was really dedicated to do it and was willing to do what it takes, and he said, go for it. But, sure. um, but yeah, it was, it was really that, you know, you want, it, I wanted to be an adult. You know, I wanted to be, and an adult meant, that I wanted to work. I wanted to be able to choose more of what I did in my life. And the only way that I could do that is if I worked and acquired wealth, which then gave me the opportunity to do the things 
that I wish to do. Mm-hmm. I understood that basic concept when I was 17, 18 years of age. Yeah, sure. I can't imagine saying, I can't imagine thinking, I'm just going to sit around my parents' house. I'll work. I'm really not going to try hard at work. And, hey, throw me some more edibles. Yeah. Right. To, to me, <laughs> and, and that hasn't changed, and I know it hasn't with you either. No. The excitement no. for where life can lead me, now that I've passed my normal retirement age, still is as great now as it was when I was 20 or 30 or 40. Yeah. It's never gone away. And I like that. And you and I talk about this. We've talked about this a lot off the air, you know, about how, you know, the things and, and how we how we love the fact that we, you know, have been given the gift of health so we can stay. Now, I'm 10 years older than you, mm-hmm. so you're still a youngin. Mm-hmm. But we that that we still basically have the health where we can continue to, you know, do what we do that we love so much. And I'll speak for me. For something that I love so much now that I never wanted to do. I never wanted to go into talk radio. Never. Mm-hmm. I just said, I don't want to do that. No way. I fought it tooth and nail. And it's almost as if God just said, doesn't matter what you want. You're going in this direction. You're going to be doing talk radio. You have mm-hmm. no choice in this, by the way. Mm-hmm. And the choice was I kept getting more money, more better money offers to do talk radio than music radio. And it was like, okay, I got to go where the cash is. <laughs> yeah. I need to and, make a living. Yeah. and But that, that even drove me then. I need to be more self-sufficient in this business, which doesn't pay that well, you know, the first 15 years you're in the business. Right. And and so. We're star- we were starving artists. <laughs> yeah. 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 You just made me think of Elaine. <laughs> the, the fat. Yeah, he's a fat, starving artist. You don't don't find many of those. (laughs) It's a rare breed. Uh, But yeah, so the quiet quitting, I just never understood. I just, I, and I just, it's a foreign, it's as foreign a concept as John Fetterman being uh, (laughs) recognized as uh, one of the most stylish people of 2022 by the New York Times. Yeah. For wearing a hoodie. For wearing a hoodie. 866 90 Red Eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. On the off chance that you become stranded due to wintry conditions, it's important to be prepared and to know what to do. Consider carrying an emergency kit that includes a shovel, flares, jumper cables, first aid supplies, a flashlight, and spare batteries. If you become stranded, stay in your vehicle. Walking in a storm puts you at risk of being hit by a car, suffering hypothermia, or getting lost. Call 911 to request help. Store extra clothes in your cab so you can stay warm by wearing layers. If you have to run the engine for heat, make sure that the exhaust pipe is clear of snow and crack a window to make sure that carbon monoxide doesn't build up in the cab. Also pack extra food and water so you don't have to go hungry or risk dehydration while you're waiting for help to arrive. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
Hey, it's Friday Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE, uh, if you'd like to get in uh, on the show today. we got so much to, uh, to talk about uh, today. I was reading the Wall Street Journal where they're saying, all right, let's hold the brakes on the whole fusion thing. Mm. <laughs> There's still decades. Yeah they, yeah, they might have cracked the code for a second, but you need to have this consistent form of energy happening every second, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So it's like we're decades away from uh from uh this happening it's you know something that you know you and i had warned and uh and talked about and said sure. okay let's not let's not jump on it here let's find out ex- now it's it's great because if you crack the code then that's the beginning of being able to eventually someday commercialize it right but we're not close we're not yet. close to it okay. Okay. And Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. By the way, thanks for all the uh, the uh, uh, emails and just contacts yesterday. People wondering, you guys okay with the, you know, the uh, tornadoes? I only got 10 minutes of rain. That was it where I live. Um, it... Uh... It really, 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 really poured down, and the wind was crazy. Uh, yeah. We, uh, I live in Dallas County, and we had a tornado warning going on uh, for a while. And when that hit, we cleared out the closet. The sirens did not go off in my neighborhood, but uh, we cleared out the closet. My mother-in-law is at the house. My nephew was there, and so we were watching it. And the wind was just unbelievable. Uh, but uh, local reports say that it was a total of five tornadoes that uh, touched down in our area uh, throughout that morning set of storms as it came through starting um, early morning uh, west of here. And then it, it moved through throughout the morning. But it was absolutely insane. A uh, family friend uh, recorded a, uh, a, a a tornado crossing the highway. And I, I think it. I was told it made the news, or or went viral, or something. Was that the 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 video of the person saying f f f f? I don't. I don't yeah. think that was it. Yeah, because yeah. that's the one of it crossing the highway with it. Yeah, and you could tell they're not saying it; they're just saying it because it's like all of a sudden there yeah. it is, and it's yeah. coming across the well, highway. Um, and I saw a clip of it, but I didn't hear any sound, so maybe the sound wasn't up. Yeah, the F word was yeah, being used. Yeah. I mean, I posted it on my Facebook Well, that page. would uh, that would definitely be the friend that I'm thinking of. It's, it's, it's <laughs> definitely uh, well, that the, person. I, I think they're listening yeah. to Christmas music. Yeah. And, you know, and, and all of a sudden you see this tornado just come across. Uh, and, yeah. You know, busy highway. Good, it, now, was that the one in, was well, that the one in your grapevine? Yeah, Texas. and but there's a different. Uh, I think there are three different recordings. Of, okay. Uh, yeah. uh, well, three that have been out there. And I'm not sure if if that was the uh, the one that was recorded by the friend or not. But um, that's probably what I would have been saying. I would have been saying F two or F three, yeah. trying to judge the size of the tornado. Exactly. Clearly. Right. Um, but the it was 
you know, the damage reports started coming out because it happened early morning. Then there was, you know, plenty of daylight, of course, after that for uh, the news mm-hmm. um, helicopters and crews to get out and and survey some of the damage. And it was just incredible. Um, and my brother-in-law was also in town later. In fact, they were very near where a tornado was on the ground. They actually uh, got into the shelter and then came over to my place later. And he said, you guys have been getting, cause he's there from, he has a, a trucking business in Oklahoma and he's, and he was down here in town. He says, you know, DFW has been getting a, a ton of tornadoes. It seems in recent years. And it's true. I mean, we've had our share of tornadoes just right here in this area where mm-hmm. our studio right. is. We've had uh, three or four tornadoes on the ground within blocks of this building. And um, in, in recent years, in the last, in the last couple of years, and it's just been very, very, very active. Uh, it's unusual that it happens in, in the Dece- morning. And in December. And it's unusual that it happens in December. Yeah. Then I start looking at the forecast and, you know, we've got the cool down coming and then next week getting pretty cold uh, to where we're going to drop down into one forecast saying that it's going to be in the uh, low 20s, uh, which means I'm going to have to get out there and uh, and cover some of my plants out front, uh, which is kind of early for us. I don't remember in recent years it getting so cold that I had to cover my plants while my Christmas lights were up. So that's I'm ju- I'm I'm judging my memory based on that, right? So mm-hmm. I take my my Christmas lights down uh, around the first or a, little, a few days after. But in you know January, uh, we we can get that cold and and then I have to go out and cover up plants out front. But uh, apparently, on uh, the days before Christmas and a few days before Christmas. Overnight lows, pretty good hard freeze for us. So, um, yeah, hopefully uh, everybody is okay after these tornadoes yesterday. But again, local reports, WFAA reporting uh, that uh, officials said that there were five tornadoes. And then uh, that map, you can see as it as it came through. You know, when I looked out the window, my, my nephew and I were uh, in the front part of the house and um, – I have this big bay window and I was looking out the window. The rain had started and the wind had picked up a little bit. Then all of a sudden it went from, I don't know, probably 15, 20 mile an hour plus a few gusts to just, I don't know what they were. I have no idea, but it looked like a tornado because all the debris that was in the wind that was going across my yard. Now, having said that we've, our our fall was late, so we just now lost our. We had really great colors this year yeah, in, in our area, yeah. but all the leaves are on the ground on my street uh, from you know sixty year old trees. Uh, so there was a lot of debris in the air, there was light debris, but it just looked horrific. The winds were just, and then the rain. The rain was just relentless at my place. Uh, and went on for the heavy rain went on for at least thirty minutes, and just a gully washer. Yeah, I was less than ten minutes of rain. There was a tiny bit of hail, and uh, I live 
more in the south end of the metroplex. Right. Yeah. I, I live, you know, southwest of Dallas, where you live more north of, yeah. of the city of Dallas. So mm-hmm. a little bit north, right. west. Yeah. Of of Dallas and and uh, and uh, we just didn't for some reason seem to break up right where I live, and it was. There's a bunch of stuff above us, a bunch of stuff below us, and mm. we got that 10 minutes. And mm. we're done. Now, the wind was blowing. We probably were getting 40-mile-an-hour winds yeah. for a while. But yeah. uh, and thing is, I woke up at 8. I set my alarm. I went to sleep at 6, you know, because I go home and I go to sleep. So, and But I set my alarm for 8. I wanted to make sure I woke up before it hit because I don't right. want to be sleeping because yeah. we knew there was a possibility of having some really nasty weather. So, right, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but we're all okay. But I, I just like it when... Uh, my nephew called me, because I went. I had a. I had a. Uh, had to bring my one of my vehicles in, you know, just for normal maintenance mm. at ten thirty, mm. and it was like, oh boy, and it moved out completely by then. It was amazing how quickly that system moved, and there I am, and all of a sudden I got people calling me. My nephew calls me from New York. Are you okay? Oh, apparently this is making the news. Huh? Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, it's um, looking at the long range forecast and. Seems like it's not going to be as cold as they were thinking. No, yeah, we're week out. Is the right now? They show the worst uh, next Thursday, thirty nine twenty seven. Here is what weather dot com says. We'll right. see what it. We'll see what it is as we get closer. But yeah, just a my, few hours yeah. ago they were saying twenty two, and that may be the yeah. difference. You know, it's it's uh, it has been this cold front that's coming through. It's been back and forth because they don't know how how far south. It's yeah. this way with every cold front. And, they don't and, know how far south it's going to go. And for me, because we had talked about this yesterday, because of the grid, and I can't trust the grid anymore, my whole thing is, <clears throat> do I drain all my above-ground pipes and 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 pump and everything else so I don't have four a $4,000 bill again if the grid goes out? Now, odds are it shouldn't, but uh, that's my decision to make next Tuesday probably. Tuesday or Wednesday, whether right. I just shut it down for a week. Yeah. Yeah. My I'll, be out of, I'll be out of town for a couple of days. So just, right. just shut down the pool and don't have any, the motor drain everything. So nothing freezes, but I hate doing that. It only takes me a few minutes, but it's such a pain. Uh, my neighborhood shows still shows 25 degrees for Thursday night, Friday morning of next week. And that's my plants immediately in front of the house would probably survive that just fine. But I'll cover them anyway. And uh, that's, you know, it's um, it's been so crazy, though. We've had just the warmest weather. I know. <laughs> which is fine. I, I don't mind it at all. Um, the, you know, and then we finally got rain. We had a really dry summer, but uh, we fi- finally started getting rain. And, man, yesterday I got, I don't know how much I got at my house, but it was a ton of water. Yeah, we got a lot in ten minutes. I mean, it was yeah. it just it came down. I mean, it was it was a gully washer. Yeah, looks like I'll probably see a white Christmas up in New York, though. All right. Yeah, they were saying there's um because right now it says the high in Buffalo will be twenty six and the low sixteen. Yeah. And, you know they're expecting a ton of you know the. Uh, I think uh, it's Buffalo against Miami in Buffalo, and they're talking about it because another storm is it's like, uh, it's like the storm is going to get there, and they think maybe drop seven inches or more right before the game or as the game is going on. Oh it's boy! Like, oh wow! 
Yeah. <laughs> all I hear from Crazy. my friends, we need a dome. <laughs> it's like, well, who's going to who's gonna pay the extra? Taxpayers want to pay the extra billion? Yeah, right. That's not going to happen. Mm. But, yeah, so um, it's... It's looking good. I I think I said it yesterday. I'm in I'm in the holiday mood already, and I think part of the reason is is because we're you know we're we're playing some Christmas bumpers now, and as soon as I'm at work and I hear the Christmas songs, it's like oh, okay, shut down my mind. Oh, I can't yet. <laughs> no, no, we don't get that luxury. <laughs> Going put it put myself into Christmas hibernation. Yeah, no, not yet. <laughs> yeah, still have. Oh, the work to do. Uh, coming up, new poll out. 66% of likely voters support the investigation of social media sites, which is one of the problems that the Democrats have with trying to hide what's going on, as mm-hmm. the public already knows what's going on. Right. Uh, and also the uh, the Republicans stating that uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary uh, Mayorkas you, you know, he traveled to the southern border, but you have, I think, 20 Republicans in the House calling for his impeachment. That wouldn't go anywhere. It's not, I, you know, it's not going to happen. It, I, I don't believe it will happen. Right. Um, and the fact is, he's simply doing the bidding of Biden. Yeah. That's all. He's doing, right. the, he's doing the bidding of Biden. And they're not going to impeach Biden, so. Yeah. And, unless they believe they can't beat him. Oh, you see the latest poll mm-hmm. on uh, the Suffolk poll? On Republicans, yeah, it's only one poll. I mean, we right, yeah. we know that the numbers of uh, that the numbers have been eroding for Trump inside the Republican Party. This has this poll has it eroding big time. Yeah, uh, we'll see if that's the case. But again, you know, Trump, he, you know, he did. We we had talked about this when he when he uh, uh, you know made his announcement that he was running, and everyone's noticed he's done zero campaigning, not nothing. Hmm. Then looking at it now saying, okay, he might not even be running. He just wanted to do that uh, maybe in order to avoid an indictment. That's what he was thinking because right, yeah. there's been nothing, nothing close to any type of campaigning coming no. from. No, you would think at least the, at least one rally by now. Yeah. Nothing. Like a, a major rally where where you're going out and, you know, you're it's all the bells and whistles. Just one major rally. Well, here's a question: If he if he decides, okay, I'm going to campaign, will he campaign on any issues, or will it be on everything else that's surrounding it? Will it be his own grievances? Well, here's another question: Are his lawyers advising him that maybe it's not a good time to go out and campaign and say things? Because at at the at the rallies, he's doing a lot of stand up, mm-hmm. so it's a lot of improv stuff that he's just you know throwing out there. And getting the crowd going. Do his lawyers want him to not do that while a special prosecutor is in play? By the way, the special prosecutor is going to be in play for who knows how long. That's going to right. they're going to hang that there for eternity. So I don't know to what extent that advice would 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 work because he's going to have to campaign. He's going to have to do rallies. Let's look at read on social media a bunch of different threads. Democrats are getting restless. I thought we were going to indict, indict him. Why are right. we getting now that the yeah. Democrats are getting all ticked off saying the Department of Justice is going to do it? They don't have the guts to go after Trump. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting to watch that narrative now on social media. Right. Which most of the part is Twitter is arguing that back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're using the conduit of Elon Musk. Right. 866 90 Red Eye. 
Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So we'll get to that uh, uh, polling uh, uh, number, a couple of uh, polls uh, out there. The one uh, on uh, the Americans' likely voters' support and investigation of social media sites. Mm. Get a little bit more into the whole Twitter thing and what uh, Jack Dorsey had to uh, uh, say yesterday. Talk about uh, AOC's climate change documentary. Mm. Brought in eighty dollars per theater in its opening weekend. So what? Somebody bought a popcorn. Oh, those are just the tickets sold. Okay. That's oh, what, that's okay. Not not one popcorn. I I like to talk to the people who actually spent money. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thank you for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and you can listen when and where you want. You know, one of the things that uh, we want to see from uh, Republicans in, uh, in, in Congress is to uh, point out the hypocrisy of the left. Right. And we want them to do it. In a slam, uh, in a slam dunk way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, Eric and I have talked about this so often that the most frustrating thing for us is when you know you can win, you have the argument on every issue. Uh, not only do you have the argument to win the issue, but you can point out to their hypocrisy, the left's hypocrisy, and make it so crystal clear that anybody watching any type of debate or back and forth will say, yeah, that's hypocritical. Mm. And I want to play this because this uh, actually went uh, uh, viral yesterday. This is Representative Nancy Mace. And uh, there's a uh, a congressional hearing from trans activists about the violent rhetoric of the right that is endangering uh, transgender people. Mm. Okay? All right. Let's just, I want to play this audio here. It goes on for a little bit. It's a couple minutes long, but I think it's worth listening to because this is what we expect we should demand uh, from Republicans, especially when it's so easy to do. Mm. Here we go. Social media, a problem and a threat to our democracy, Mr. Ward. Yes, absolutely. Mr. Siegel. Yes. 
Ms. Caraballo? Yes. Ms. Nomani? Yes. Ms. Tyler? Yes. Yes. Um, <clears throat> another question I have, uh, do you believe that rhetoric targeting officials with violence for carrying out their constitutional duties um, is a threat to democracy, Mr. Ward? Mr. Siegel? Yes. 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 <clears throat> All right. Thank you very much. Only a few weeks after the attempted attack on a Supreme Court justice on June 25th, one of the witnesses, Alejandra Caraballo, tweeted out the following in response to a decision on abortion overturning Roe v. Wade. And I'll quote directly from the tweet. The six justices who overturned Roe should never know peace again. It is our civic duty to accost them every time they're in public. They are pariahs. Since women don't have their rights, these justices should never have a peaceful moment in public again. I know something about being accosted. The night of January 5th, I was physically accosted on the streets of D.C. in Navy Yard by a constituent of mine. I fervently blamed rhetoric, rhetoric on social media, rhetoric at public events, for being physically accosted. I carry a gun everywhere I go when I am in my district and I'm at home because I know personally that rhetoric has consequences. I've had my car keyed. I've had my house spray painted. I had someone trespass in my house as recently as August. I've been doxxed on social media about where I live. Um, and I've had to add to security everywhere I go, often because I can't afford it. I have to carry my own firearm wherever I go. And um, Alejandra Caraballo also recently tweeted on November 19th, not even a month ago, that the Supreme Court, vested with the judicial power of the United States by our Constitution, stated they are not a legitimate court issuing decisions. And also the Supreme Court is an organ of the far right. So my last question today of Ms. Caraballo, do you stand by these comments, this kind of rhetoric on social media, and do you believe it's a threat to democracy? Thank you, Representative, for the opportunity to clarify and provide context to my tweets. <clears throat> um, I have a question, is it yes or no? Do you believe your rhetoric is a threat to democracy when you're calling to accost a branch of government, the Supreme Court, I don't believe that's a correct uh, characterization of my tweeted, statements. Though. Did you not tweet that? That you thought that the Supreme Court justices should be accosted? Did what I'm saying is that that, that is no? not an accurate characterization of my statements. On June 8th of this year, a man was arrested near Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home in Maryland. He told law enforcement officers he wanted to kill a Supreme Court justice. He was found... Um, uh, with uh, a knife, with a pistol, two magazines, ammunition, pepper spray, zip ties, a hammer, crowbar, and duct tape. Ms. Caraballo, on page 12 and 13 of your written testimony, you painted concerned parents as having been infiltrated by white nationalists and far-right militia groups, which played a significant role in school board protests. This has not, this has not actually been my experience with concerned parents. In your testimony, you wrote, that in Loudoun County, Virginia, unfounded rumors that spread in local parent groups on Facebook about an alleged trans student sexually assaulting a girl in a bathroom led to a firestorm of, of several heated school board protests that descended into violence. But in fact, the perpetrator, it actually turned out, had committed two sexual assaults at two different Loudoun County schools in 2021 and was arrested on October 7th, 2021 by the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office. 
These weren't unfounded rumors, as you suggest. It actually turns out law enforcement had to act because a sexual assault occurred. So giving this, I'm assuming that until now you were unaware of, of what happened here, and you're going to update your testimony for the committee. Is that correct? Right. There you go. It's just a, a part of what uh, happened. I wish I could mm. get the audio to see how she responded mm-hmm. uh, to that. I'll see if I we can or not. But this is this is what I expect out of out of uh, Republicans. Yep. You you take the facts and you take look. You take these the the these these people on the left. <clears throat> Excuse me here. You take uh, those that represent the left in this country mm-hmm. with their massive hypocrisy. And you calmly and rationally slam dunk, call them out so the world can see how hypocritical they are and point out the fact that when they are accusing people that are not uh, at all putting out rhetoric to commit violence, that you are doing exactly what you claim that you're against Yep, because you go after them. And that was to Representative uh, Donalds was the other one, a Republican, uh, uh, going after the uh, the transgender uh, activist. And this was a whole thing on on violence towards transgender activists because of the rhetoric coming from the right. And what's the rhetoric coming from the right? Is anybody at all saying anything like you should accost? Is anybody on the right stating that you should accost anybody who is transgender? No, absolutely not. I haven't heard anyone say that. Nobody has. Nobody said that. Nobody's ever said that. What they're claiming is if you don't agree with their philosophy that a biological man can be a biological woman because they say so, if you say that a transgender male is not a biological male, they are claiming that is the hate speech that's causing the violence. Right. Yet when they actually come out and state accost these people never give them a moment of peace could you were could you imagine reversing that and anybody on the right saying that about anybody who is transgender you don't hear that kind of rhetoric no. at all no. and so it's so important and this is what the republican party in congress has to do and and you stay on it yep. and you go direct yep. And the only thing you can say is, well, the context, the context is what's in that text. Excuse me, did, in that in that uh, tweet. Did you write it or not? Yeah. Yes or no? Because you can't take that any other way. You may try to uh, uh, explain it away, but that's absolutely crazy. To think that anybody could take that and interpret it as anything else. But that's that's what you do. You go after them on the facts. You go after them and, and ask them directly. Did you say that? Did you write that? Did you post that? Because we believe the American people are smart enough to know from the yes or no, they can take it from there. Right. The liberals believe, the liberal activists especially believe you're stupid. But your clarification under duress 
uh, does, yes. n- does not change the the fact that you put out that text without any context. Right. Excuse me. That tweet without any context. Right. And by the way, why wasn't uh, why was that allowed to be on uh, Twitter? <laughs> Oh, that's, that was there was that side that was allowed. that yeah. was that was pre Elon Musk. Yeah, just of thought course, about it. right? Yeah. So that's the point. So you can't. Well, to to put it that, that it's not in the proper context. It's the full. Is it the full tweet? Right. She can't answer the question nope. because, of course, it is. And so she's all only backtracking when she realizes she has nowhere else to go. But it doesn't matter. She can't backtrack mm. because she's only doing it under duress that she's being exposed for the hypocrite that she is. Yeah. And a person who is actually a witness to say, we need to stop this rhetoric. And the rhetoric is, I don't believe what you're saying. Right. That's the violent rhetoric is, no, I don't buy into your philosophy. Mm. Well, that's violence. That's hate speech, whatever. Yet when she actually threatens and use the words accost and never give them any peace, well, that was that's not the context in which she meant it, which she'll only say under duress and months upon months upon months upon months later, but the context is what she wrote right. in that tweet. Right. That's the context. Yep. It's, so you know it but but this is how this has to be done. You have to absolutely approach these radicals and go at them with the facts. However, they try and and dismiss it, explain it away. They can't. Put it into context. It's not going to work. Get them on the facts. Yes or no. Did you write it? Did you post that? Is that you saying that? Yes or no. And... That has to be done over and over and over again because they believe they're winning. The radicals believe they're winning. And the frustration we have always felt is when you have the argument on every major issue that the American public cares about mm. and you don't use right. the rhetorical ammunition that you have. Right. But... There they used it correctly. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, we'll get to that uh, poll on what uh, American voters uh, believe uh, about social media companies and whether there should be an investigation into them. Pretty interesting stuff. This was, I, I saw this uh, tweet yesterday. It was uh, from uh, Walter uh, Kern, who is an essayist and, and uh, um, does a podcast with uh, Matt uh, Taibbi. Yeah, right. And and uh, from what I know, he's not a conservative, but he took a, a quote from a Washington Post article that said this. As head of trust and safety at Twitter, 
Roth was involved in many of the platform's decisions about what posts to remove and what counts to suspend. Hmm. His communications with other Twitter officials have been posted in recent days as part of what Musk calls the Twitter files, a series of tweets by conservative journalist Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss. And Walter Kern writes, and by the way, just so you know, he's one of the things he's known for. He wrote a bu- uh, he wrote a bunch of short, short stories, one which became the movie Up in the Air, right, with Anna Kendrick and George Clooney. Okay. So, uh, but uh, he says this is hmm. baldly inaccurate. Taibbi is not a conservative journalist, as anyone familiar with his work knows. Yeah. Right. Like what? Well, you know, but they it, it, honestly, any dissent, if you if you ask a question right now on the far left, you're on the far right. I'm sorry. Which way is your bathroom? Nazi. You can't ask a question. So when Matt Taibbi did the breakdown of the the uh, almost said X files, the Twitter files. Oh, he's gone to work. He's with the far right. Now he's with the far right Nazi known as Elon Musk, who's not a far right anything. No. As he had to clarify over the weekend, I voted for Hillary. Right. I voted for uh, Obama and I voted for Biden. By the way, I'm speaking for him. Somebody's going to hear me say that and go, Gary voted for. <laughs> Gary's, I heard him say, <laughs> Gary said he voted for Biden. No. Write that down. Elon Musk said that uh, that he did. Right. And and so that's the, the challenge was what's happening here is this is coming from people that were, you know, in many cases viewed part of the establishment of liberalism. Many of these writers, you know, you go back a few years, mm-hmm. even Elon Musk and everything else, they weren't viewed as uh, as conservatives. Right. You know, it sort of reminds me the, uh, of when, um, oh, I just can't think of the, uh, oh, Bernard Goldberg, mm. when he wrote the book Bias. Right. And he always, like I said, I believe at that point he had always voted for Democrats. Mm. Um, and he worked for, uh, uh, for uh, oh, I can't think of his name, from CBS. Dan Rather. Dan Rather, sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm just in mind blank there for a moment. Worked for uh, Dan Rather, and uh, he had a contractor at his house who found out what he did, and the contractor told uh, Bernard Goldberg, you, you've got a bias, you know, you're biased. Right. You people are politically biased in what you do. And and Bernard Goldberg said, I don't believe we are. Show me an example. So he did. He came back with him and showed him the example. He said, and this goes back way back to the, the late 90s, mm-hmm. in the 90s even, when it was uh, 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 it was uh, Steve Forbes yeah. uh, talking about the flat tax. And he showed Bernard Goldberg how CBS covered it. And CBS covered it by saying the flat tax scheme. Yeah. And only took so-called experts that were against the flat tax. Well, Bernard Goldberg saw this and went, oh, my, this is biased. Right. It's completely biased because I know that I know as somebody who works for Dan Rather, I know my Rolodex. I know that there are people that believe that the flat tax is a good tax and how we should be covering it is. Here's the flat tax proposal from this person. Here's somebody in favor of it. Here's somebody against it. Right. And you have them explain it. People knowledgeable on both sides. And that's how you should cover the story. When he wrote the book Bias, uh, oh, I mean, it just, he was a pariah. Right. 
And it was probably, I don't know, 2007, 2008, when I think it was USA Today had a uh, article about the success of right-wing <laughs> yeah. publications. Yeah. And it was like, you know, Ann Coulter, Sean Hannity, and Bernard Goldberg. Right. It's like Bernard Goldberg isn't a right-winger. And right. it didn't matter. It's like, yes, he is, because Bernard Goldberg came out for journalism, for actual journalism and not political activism. And in the minds of liberals, that made him a conservative. Right. Well, Alan Dershowitz. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. anybody. Jonathan Turley. Jonathan Turley. Anybody who uh, is going to be intellectually honest or uh, ask questions or point out the facts, you can't do that on the far left. How dare you do that? So Matt Taibbi, same thing. I don't know if Barry Weiss has gotten the same thing. I haven't seen as much about her that I've seen about Matt Taibbi because it you know, came out immediately. Um, but that's essentially going to be, you know, the M.O. And, and, and has been the M.O. of the far left for a while. No, don't you dare ask a question or point out the facts. Now, you're a Nazi. Uh. This holiday season, give the gift of the Red Eye Radio app. Merry Christmas from Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. Red Eye Radio. Oh, what a gift, and it's free. Like it's, it's the gift that keeps taking. <laughs> uh, uh, the good news is uh, Gary's going to post this re- recipe for uh, uh, bicarbonate cheesecake later <laughs> God, just two different kinds of caramel in the recipe and that's what's good is uh most most recipes that is, only have one caramel that is our audio cut of the day isn't it, it that, i think between that and the nobel prize you might win a nobel prize for your cheesecake recipe uh yeah <laughs> Okay, you're making me find it now. I, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't actually prepared to to uh, to play it. But yeah. since you just since you just brought it up again, well, you know, and caramel's my favorite. I mean, I love caramel. By caramel, oh my gosh, I wouldn't have even thought of that. That's like insane. Two different types of caramel. Here we go. All right. Okay, here we go. Okay. In a bicarmel, in a bipartisan uh, way, was done in a bipartisan, bicarmel way. Bicarmel, bipartisan support. In a bicarmel, in a bipartisan uh, way, was done in a bipartisan, bicarmel way. Bicarmel, bipartisan support. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Remember when the left went crazy? Oh. Uh, because the uh, now governor-elect uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders posted a picture of a, a pecan pie that she made. Yeah, yeah. And then, she didn't make that. 
She didn't make that. And, and she did. And she did. She did make By it, By the way, yeah. pecan pies are, it's one of the easiest things to make. And I know this because it's, it's, it's my own kryptonite and I can't, I can make them and I make them very well. And I, I shouldn't because I'll eat the whole thing. Nobody's getting a slice but me. And, uh, and they went crazy. And then she just rolled with it. She just, she, uh, she showed up not long after that with, with pie for the, for all yes, the press. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. In the room. Mm-hmm. You know? And, uh, you know, thinking maybe Green Jean Pierre was going to start passing out some candy. But apparently that's caramel. Buy caramel. It's double the caramel. Can you imagine that? You know, that's uh, the visions of uh, sugar plums. Sugar plums? No. Visions of bicarmel dancing in my head. Would have been better if she said bicamel. That would have been that. <laughs> that would have been fun. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's really bad. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's really bad. And it just, yeah. Is, is a, is bicamel, is that one hump or two? <laughs> I'm not a zoologist. I, I just have to ask a question, though. So, I, it's... <laughs> if if a camel with two humps marries a camel <laughs> with one hump and they have a baby with no hump, what do they name the baby? What about a baby with three humps? That would be crazy. You didn't answer my question. Yeah. What do you call the baby with no hump? Humphrey. All right. Ah! <sighs> I see what you did there. Humphrey. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I just all of a sudden saw in my mind a three hump camel. <laughs> Program directors of legendary radio stations are waking the, up this what morning. What the hell right are now. they talking about? Getting, <laughs> what is on the air? What is on the air? What is going on here? What is going on on the radio station right now? We thought we could trust these guys overnight. We didn't have to monitor them every day like the lawyers have to monitor the view. It's, <laughs> like They're talking camels. Three hump camels. <laughs> and somehow they got there by from by caramel. What? I'm sorry, about? by caramel. <laughs> caramel I, I, and now I'm confusing. Now I'm confusing caramel and caramel. <laughs> How did caramel is, become camel? Oh, jeez, what are, an insane world we live are in. Are they drunk on the air again? No. Oh, you know why? Mm-hmm. You know why we sound drunk? Mm. We're sober because and nobody else is. Nobody else is. And and we're just talking, we're just repeating what they're saying. Well, okay. okay, we own the camel thing. Well, okay, we own the camel thing. But not the caramel thing. No. Yeah, okay. We. I might have taken it too far with the, <laughs> with the camel. Okay, see, that, that just adds more questions. Don't they talk about going too far with the camel? What is? What are they talking about? Might have gone too far with a camel. Tonight on Tucker Carlson, did Eric and Gary go too far with the camel? (laughs) Was it hate speech? Was it hate speech?
What do they have against camels? Right. Or caramel? <laughs> oh, God. Jeez. I mean, it's just, it's just. Yeah. No, it's, it, it is Did the you insanity. Ever, let me ask you this. Did you ever think when you first started doing talk radio that it would ever get to this point? No, no, no I, I will no, tell you this. No. I never thought it would get to this point. No, that no. What we're dealing with each and every day. I really never did. No, I just no, never thought it would get to this point. Because. You know, here's the thing. It, it, it absolutely blunts you in your in your research when when things like that happen, you know, during the day. Um, and with this administration, they happen a lot. You know, we we talked about the uh, the story from last week uh, with Corinne Jean-Pierre and and reading from the wrong page in the book of answers. And when we got out of here, I mean, throughout the day, I mean, the media just jumped on that story more and more. Well, more the the media on the right, um, the critical the critical thinking newsrooms uh, pointed it out and, and how horrifically bad it was, um, and and I and as I was seeing it everywhere else, I mean I know we talked about it all night when when that happened, but mm-hmm. as I was seeing it everywhere else, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, it, it, it's it's so bad, it's just stifling. You know, it just kind of, it's almost like it stops you. In your, in your tracks, and and I think, for me, it becomes a microcosm of just everything that's coming from the left right now. That you just you you know you shake you shake your head from the topics that we've been talking about here over the last couple of days, or really last couple of weeks with the whole you know the Twitter thing. Mm-hmm. Where they just, you know, the media just ignores it. That's really, you think about in American history, the stories that the media refuses to cover. And you have to ask yourself, yeah, yeah. I think the reason I, I, I said I don't think, I didn't think we'd ever get to this point uh, is that you never thought you'd get to the point where you would basically have a media blackout over a totally legitimate story. Right. And just deflection that they wouldn't cover it. And one of the reasons they wouldn't cover it is because they were part of the cover up right. of the story. Right. And they got it so badly wrong to begin with that now they have no other place to go. And we're not talking about – think about this. Remember, it used to be, well, you can't believe the alternative media. Mm-hmm. Well, now you can't believe the establishment media. Right. You can't believe the most established media in the country, which would be the networks, the New York Times – the New York Post no longer do journalism. No. It's political activism. Right. And it's obvious now. And one of the reasons it's obvious right here, this new poll, 66% of likely voters support investigation of social media sites. That's two-thirds of the public. Right. The public knows what's going on. Right. And the media, and this is really when we broke this down the other day, the incredible thing is, who is the media keeping the story from the mainstream media? The people that support them. They're lying to the people yeah. who buy their product. Right. Again, just like what was going on inside Twitter, they believe that they can control the narrative. Yeah. Because they believe people are stupid, that, that people won't find the truth. Here's what you need to know. It, it's, it goes back to the, the five things you need to know. There's only five. And some days, maybe there's only three, but you're going to make up the other two. But it's this idea that we're going to tell you what you need to know. 
the majority of Americans approve of Republican plans for a congressional investigation into social media companies and overwhelmingly believe social media censorship is a problem. A new Rasmussen Reports survey uh, uh, shows uh, they did a thousand U.S. likely voters between December 8th and 11th following uh, Elon Musk's release of information showing that Twitter censored and blacklisted conservatives and other Republicans. Uh, oh, excuse me, and, and conservatives. And after Republicans vowed to investigate uh, when they take control of the House in uh, January. So the, as you see here, even a majority of Democrats support Republican investigations into social media political censorship. Hmm. Which means the majority of Democrats, likely voter Democrats, understand that the, that the legacy mainstream liberal media they support is trying to hide a story from them. Yeah. The survey found that 66% of likely voters approve of GOP plans to investigate social media censorship including 43% who strongly approve, Hmm. only 26% disapprove, including 13% who strongly disapprove, which shows landslide numbers of Americans know exactly what's going on with social media companies and what was going on with Twitter and Facebook, including the majority of of Democrats. Mm -hmm. And it's like the media is out there as if, All of this that the public understands and knows the story, the media is walking around as if, okay, the story doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And they're hoping that nobody notices that everybody knows that this is a big story and should be investigated, except the mainstream liberal media who's ignoring the story. Right. It's really amazing. You think about that. That is that is almost, you think about that, unprecedented in American history. Where the public knows exactly what's going on. They're all concerned about it. And there's basically been a media blackout on it. Mainstream yeah. media blackout on right. it. And the media behaves, continues yeah. to behave as if it doesn't exist. Which is, you know, I mean, with, with few exceptions here. It's an interesting concept, though, isn't it, though, from the the media? Let's not cover the stories to financial success. Well, no, I I thought about this the other day because, you know, we were talking about, uh, and I mentioned it uh, earlier this week, but the former editor of the New York Times said anytime there's a a Trump story, his name increases subscriptions. And that makes money. So you just write it for the money and for the activists in the newsrooms, you know, they're just doing what they're doing. You know, they just want the the reaction of of whatever they just want to. I think they just want to connect with like minded individuals and pretend to be a hero. But their readers know the facts. They may agree with them. But just because you don't cover it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back. 
with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866 866- uh, 90 red eye. So I guess the point is everyone knows what's going on with Twitter. The polls show it. The voters know what's going on. Even Democrats know what's going on. And the entire liberal mainstream media pretends that it doesn't exist. Right. Everybody knows that it exists. Yeah. Everybody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Everybody's concerned about the censorship. Right. And the liberal media's out there going, huh, what are you talking about? That's not an important story. That's a-. Meanwhile, even... <laughs> More than half of their own party yeah. is concerned with what's going on with social media today, and they just pretend it doesn't exist. You know, it's interesting because even without looking at this poll, you and I have said that because we don't believe people are stupid. We had right. said that even liberal rank-and-file individuals, they are concerned about this kind of behavior because ultimately what are they? What, what happens? Well, if... If the if there's any you know dissent, if there's any questions that you may have along the way, uh, even though you may both be liberal, they may come after you. They may try and shut you down. They may try and censor you, and they don't want that. They don't like that kind of behavior. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.